0: Hello dear listeners, I'm James Barnett, producer and creator of The Night's End podcast. Episode 27, the last episode of the season. I can't believe it. It seems like only yesterday I was deciding whether I wanted to go ahead with this project. I'm glad I did. I've spoken and worked with so many amazing authors. Shout out to you all for coming with me on the journey and lending me your amazing tales. I'd also like to thank my patrons you guys have really helped keep this ship afloat. The podcast is not a cheap exercise. Thank you, Debbie and Jason Gillen, Scott Davidson, Tristan Fur, Rowan Spargo, Carolyn O'Brien, Stuart Fur, Brian Jeans, and Lionel Ray Green. Thank you, listeners. Thanks for tuning in and supporting these writers and this podcast. It means the world to me. Two things before the start of the episode much as I know you all love hearing my voice every week, we are looking for people that would be interested in giving narration a go. Head on over to www.nightsendpodcast.com for more info, or email the editor at nightsendpodcast.com to express your interest. Lastly, we've finally gotten our merch store set up. On our website we have t-shirts, phone cases, mugs, stickers, backpacks, and neck gaiters, all with the Night's End logo. Pick yourself up some Nightsend swag today. Now sorry for the long intro. Enjoy the last episode of the season, and see you next year for Season 2. Hello. Can you hear me? Make sure you take the right door on your way down. No telling where you'll end up. Can you make it through? To the night's end. I'll see you soon. Hello, friend. You just made it for feeding time. Here, yeah. hold this, will you? Beatrice, come here, girl. I've got a fresh Caucasian male for you. <laughs> good, good girl. Yes. Yes. Right. Story time. New Blood, written by Liz Shepherd. Hey, old Macpherson says he saw a half lion, half wizard prowling out around his place, Pruitt said. Drunk, Tank? the mayor said, not looking up from his paper. He ain't drunk. I've never seen him drink. And he's pretty clear eyed, boss, Pruitt said. Mayor Cooper sighed as he always did at Ernest Young Deputies. Well, bring him in. We'll take a statement. A moment later, Deputy Pruitt came in and sat down in an uncomfortable folding chair on the other side of the mayor's desk. He's getting some coffee. He'll be along, Pruitt said, lighting his cigarette and wiping his brow. Why is it so busy today? It isn't even a weekend. You'd think a weeknight like this would be quiet as a pond, Cooper said. Hey. Why are you even here? You're usually home by now. Did you need to fix something? Nah. The wife has been after me about some yard work. So I'd just as soon stay here with my paper, Cooper said. Hey, did you make that funeral yesterday? Yeah. I try to hit them all, Cooper said. Old Macpherson came in. The eldest man in a clan that lived on the western side of the island. All right, have a seat. Watch the papers there in the floor. ''Just have a seat and let us know all about it,'' Cooper said with a monotone. McPherson sat down, clutching a paper cup of coffee with a shaky hand. His eyes were wide and his hair was askew. Cooper threw a look at Deputy Pruitt, narrowing his eyes. ''I saw it along the edge of my property. I thought maybe a bear took the bridge and got on the island or something like that. It was a huge thing. As big as a man,'' McPherson said with a waver in his voice. Okay. How do you know it was a lion? Cooper said, shooting Pruitt another look. I got my gun and took after it. I have a grandson who likes to hike around. If there's something big back there, I need to know it, McPherson said, his voice getting louder. It was a big old thing, and I figured I'd probably have to shoot it. I thought it was a bear, maybe a mountain lion, but it wasn't either one. He paused for a moment, drinking his coffee in big gulps. It looked like a lion, like a real lion with a mane, but it walked on its hind legs, and it had a lizard's tail. Its face was kind of like a lizard, with scales and all, he said, gesturing around his face. Well, we'll write it down. Deputy Pruitt will file it and we'll keep a lookout, all right? McPherson nodded, crumpling his empty paper cup in his fist and staring at it. The mayor walked him out and sauntered back into his office, fresh coffee in his hand. I didn't need that interruption of my paper, Cooper said. Pruitt was writing the report on paper perched on his knee. When you finish that up, walk up, will you? I think it's too dark to prune the bushes right now, Cooper said, and walked the two box home. Three days later, Mrs. Sawyer died. She'd had heart trouble for years and finally passed away in her favourite chair in front of her little TV. Ed Sullivan was still playing to an audience of none when Pruitt and Dr. Harper took her out of her house and brought her to the mortician's home. Cooper turned up the next day, dragging his feet as he walked along the sidewalk to the small funeral home that took up the first floor of Fred Sidley's house. This was one of the least pleasant jobs Matt Cooper had as mayor. As he walked the street, he wondered for the second time that month whether being mayor would be the only job he had until he died. That was his father's fate, and it hadn't been too bad. He wondered occasionally whether they continued to elect him because he was good at the job, or whether it was simply because his father had been mayor. His own hunch was that it wasn't for either reason. It's probably because it was a thankless job that didn't amount to much. He'd always looked up to his dad, seeing him as an important man who kept the island running. As mayor, however, he discovered that he was mostly a handyman and a peacemaker. He fixed doors in town buildings and kept the town hall looking nice. He reeled in drunk husbands who were causing a commotion and told neighbours they couldn't leave trash in their yards. Walking onto the freshly painted front porch of the funeral home, the heat of the early fall day was finally off his shoulders. He stepped into the home without knocking, and found the mortician filling out paperwork next to the body of Mrs. Sawyer. She was covered by a sheet, and the mayor instantly relaxed when he saw it. ''Fred?'' he said, nodding his head. ''Matt?'' the mortician nodded back. ''Root beer?'' ''You know I love a root beer,'' Cooper said, fetching a cold bottle from the kitchen. ''Shame about her.'' ''She was one of the oldest ladies in town,'' Cooper said when he got back to the parlour. ''Yeah.'' Seems like there's more funerals every month. Unless we get some new blood on this island, we may not have too much of a town in a few years. Town council's been on me about new blood. They want a publicity campaign to try and get tourists and new residents and such. One of them even wanted me to ride to Kennedy to ask for publicity funds, the mayor said, shaking his head. Well, I guess I'm in the right business for a town growing old, Sidley said setting his paperwork down and cleaning his glasses on his lap coat. I guess you are. Let me know if you find anything you didn't expect, Cooper said, giving a lazy wave as he turned to leave. Funeral's on Friday, Sid called out as the mayor stepped through the front door. Hey, mayor, I gotta tell you something I saw last night, Seamus said. Cooper nodded looking up from his paper and leaning back in his chair. It was like a giant lizard out in the park. It was walking around near the back roads, walking in and out of trees. I swear to God, Mayor, it wasn't like anything I've ever seen. It was right there in my headlights. A giant lizard? Well, I guess you know my first question, Seamus. I hadn't had a drop. Well, I guess I'd had a beer. But not more than that. Tell me about what you're doing out there at night, Cooper said. I'd had dinner. That's when I had my beer, you see, Seamus said, miming holding a beer bottle. So then my wife said we needed some milk and cereal and pencils, so I went out to Hersham's to buy some. That's when I started seeing something big running around the trees. It wasn't far from the cemetery when I got a good look at it, it had a long tail and legs like a lion or something, he said, his eyes wide and his hand running through his red-brown hair. I'll tell Deputy Pruitt all about it and make sure it gets written down, okay? I guess if that's what you do, that's what you do, Seamus said. He shook hands with the mayor before walking out quickly. After five solid minutes of reading sports highlights, Cooper heard a knock at his office door. Ah, hi, Fred. read. was a nice funeral yesterday. Mrs. Sawyer's family was happy with it. And your talk was real nice, Cooper said to the figure in the doorway. Thank you, Matt. I'm afraid there's a little problem with Mrs. Sawyer, though. With Miss Sawyer? Cooper said, trying not to sneak a peek at his paper. Yes, her grave has been disturbed. Another figure stuck his head in the door. I'm getting people all over the island seeing something with furry legs and a lizard head boss. You want me to write all this up? Pruitt asked. Cooper sighed. (sighs) A short walk to the cemetery brought all three men to Mrs. Sawyer's grave. The soil that had been packed into the grave the day before had definitely been disturbed. It was pushed up on two sides and sunken in about a foot. I've got two theories on this, Matt, Sidley said. As far as I figure... The groundwater could have been too high right here, and the casket could have slipped further into the ground. The other thing, of course, is that someone could have dug it up, steal something, and then put the dirt back into the grave. The three men stared at the soil, pondering. Groundwater, right boss? Pruitt said finally. I guess so. I don't see dirt scattered around like someone had thrown it with a shovel. Yeah. It's the groundwater. We're not too high above the Atlantic right here. All three nodded, still looking at the dirt in the centre of the grave. Three more sightings of the lion lizard, one more funeral, two broken windows, a mutilated chicken and a loose step took up the next week. Two newspapers sat stacked on the corner of Cooper's desk as he ate a sandwich over the three days old edition. Hey boss, another grave is disturbed and there's another chicken all torn up near downtown. I think we got a problem here, Pruitt said from the doorway. Tell me it isn't the one from the funeral yesterday. Sorry, boss. <sighs> Cooper, Pruitt and Sidley, the mortician, found themselves staring at another grave that afternoon. It was distinctly sunken in with some of the dirt outside the area where it had been packed the day before. You know we have to exhume this, right? Sidley asked. If the water table is too high here, we'll have to move the cemetery. Cooper nodded. He'd figured it would come to that. It took a few days to get the right permissions and to get the guys who did the digging. By the time Cooper walked up to the grave that day, Sidley and Pruitt were already there, staring down into the hole. The two diggers climbed out a few minutes later, wiping their brows with dirt-covered hands. Go on and get you a root beer, Sidley told the two diggers shooing them toward his house. The three men peered over the edge at the casket. There was no water in sight, but the casket was wide open. The dirt that had sunken into the grave had obviously come from the casket itself, filling with dirt. The diggers had taken some of the dirt out of the casket, but the body was nowhere to be seen. Well, that's not what we expected to see, Cooper said. We've got a grave rubber, boss. We have a grave rubber, the deputy said shifting his weight from one foot to another rapidly. You want me to make some posters? Maybe I should wire mainland Georgia. We may need reinforcements. If there's one thing we don't need, it's to let the mainland know we've got a grave robber on the island. We aren't calling anyone in, he said, giving Pruitt a stern look. But, but, no calling anyone in. Look, I've got a meeting on the mainland next month. The county commission and a group of mayors want to talk about bringing tourists around. We're trying to attract new blood on the island right now. Can't have news getting hold of this and making the island seem like a loony farm. Pruitt nodded. Sidley nodded. All three men nodded in unison, staring into the dirt-filled casket. Another one of them sightings, boss. You want me to write it up? Pruitt said a day later. About that. I was thinking... I think what we've been missing here is that our three problems may just be one. What if it's those creatures people are seeing that are taking the bodies and the chickens? People are seeing these things at night, right? And the graves are disturbed overnight. Wow. I didn't think of that. I thought you were thinking the animals were just people being drunk. A sighting or two, yeah. But this is way past that. And you want to tell me that the widow of Johnson is a drunk? Nah. These people are saying something or other. I don't know though, boss. The graves didn't look like they would have just been dug up by a big dog or something. If these animals and the graves are related, that means these animal things are real. If they're real, there's something weird that may not dig like we're used to. I don't know what it's going to do, how it digs, or where it might go next, Cooper said. Then how do we plan to catch it? All we can do is try and show up where it's been before and try and grab it before it can get away. When Mrs. Simter died a couple of days later, Cooper had been formulating a plan for keeping the next grave from being dug up. He walked to Sidley's house, walking into the front room and looking in the fridge before calling out. ''Is that you, Mayor?'' he heard from the next room. ''Yep. I got them fancy straws you like. They're next to the stove.'' Sidley said I do like a striped straw Cooper said sticking one into his root beer bottle he walked into the parlour where the body was laid out under a sheet I've got to ask you to do something for me Cooper said what do you need I need you to hold off on the funeral for an extra day we're going to catch whatever's been digging up them graves we're going to try and do it for the next two nights I'm trying to get a group of men together for it if you can tell the family to wait an extra day I'll have time to do it. Yeah, I can do that. You know, Mrs. Simter had a cat, and the kids don't want it, he said. His eyebrows arched. I've got no use for a cat, Cooper said, waving his hand as he turned to go. I'll call you when it's time to head out there. Two days later, Cooper and Pruitt sat in Sidley's office, Cooper's eyes drooping and Pruitt laying back in a chair. I don't think the men will want to go out a third night, boss. Cooper nodded. He widened his eyes and sat up straighter in the chair. If we'd gotten close to catching it, they may have wanted to go back out. That was a lot of running and hiding without catching anything, Pruitt said. Sidley came into the room with a folder in his hand. I'm sorry you didn't catch your animal, he said. Root beer? Cooper nodded while Pruitt shook his head. Hey. Hey. While I have you two here, this is my assistant's day off. Since we had to put the funeral off a day, I don't have any help. What do you need? Cooper said, standing and rubbing his eyes. Come on into the parlour and I'll show you. I don't have her fully dressed yet, and I need some help to get her into the casket. Cooper stopped for a second before going to the kitchen to get a root beer, and following Sidley and Pruitt into the parlour. he took long sips of it as Sidley stood over the body, talking about what they were going to do. He clutched the bottle in one hand, as Sidley pulled the sheet down over her head, down across her body, and then over the furry, lion-like legs below them. Cooper looked at the other two men quickly, before turning to run out of the room, through the house, and out the front door with the other two men close behind. Stomps echoed on the hardwood floors, a monstrous shape following them as one of the men behind Cooper was screaming like a woman. As the front door closed behind them, a deep roar rang through the house, rattling the windows. You've been listening to the Night's End podcast, which is a production of Dissonance Media. New Blood was written by Liz Shepherd. You can follow her on Twitter at Liz Shep link is in the description. If you're still here after 27 episodes, thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. And I hope to see you next year. And of course, stay horrific, everyone.